Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing a little bit better today. My voice is still a little raspy, but not as bad. So, Yes, sir. We got a lot to talk about today. It's been an interesting week in Major League Baseball, as well as the rumor mill has kicked off since the NBA Finals concluded. Oh, yes. This is going to be interesting. Yes, sir. It's been a one hellacious week, so let's get down to it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So the MLB records from the past week, starting in the American League, going from the bottom to the top. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, the Orioles went three and two this past week. The Rangers zero and six. The Twins three and four. Royals four and zero. Tigers four and two. Angels two and three. Indians one and five. Blue Jays one and one. I don't think that's right. I think I accidentally skipped the Blue Jays. Oops, my bad. Uh, Yankees three and two. Mariners three and two. A's three and two. White Sox two and four. Rays five and one. The Astros and Red Sox both went four and one. In the National League, the Diamondbacks went four and one. The Pirates two and three, the Marlins two and four, Rockies two and two. Uh, let's see here where my Nationals two and three, Cubs two and four, Phillies one and four, Braves three and three, Cardinals three and three, Reds three and two, Mets three and two, Padres four and two, Brewers two and two, Dodgers two and four, and the Giants went three and three this last week. So, the standings as they currently sit in the major leagues. Out here in the East on the A and the American League. We have the Red Sox and Rays both tied at 60 and 39 with a 606 win percentage on top of the East. The Yankees have moved past the Blue Jays into third place with a 51 and 46 record, a 526 win percentage, and are eight games behind the Rays and Red Sox. The Blue Jays, though, are just a half game behind them at 49 and 45. Excuse me, a 521 win percentage and 80, 
and like I said, eight and a half back. Orioles are 33 and 64, th- uh, 341 percentage in 26 games behind the Rays and Red Sox. In the Central Division, the White Sox are 58 and 40, a 592 win percentage. The Indians are 500 at 48 and 48, and nine games back. The Tigers are 47 53, a 470 win percentage, and 12 games back. The Royals are 41 and 55, a 427 win percentage, and 16 games back. The Twins are 42 and 57, a 424 win, win percentage, and just a half game behind the Royals. Out west in the American League, the Astros are 60 and 39 with a 606 win percentage and lead the division. The A's are 56 and 44 with a 560 win percentage and four and a half back. The Mariners are 53 and 46 with a 535 win percentage and seven games back. The Angels are just a game under 500 at 48 and 49 with a 495 win percentage and 11 games back. The Rangers are 35 and 64, 354 win percentage, and 20 and a half games out of first place. Out back here on the East Coast, but we're going with the National League. The Mets are 51 and 44 with a 537 win percentage. The Braves, a game under 500, as well as the Phillies, both are 48 and 49. 495 win percentage and four games back behind the Mets. The Nationals are 45 and 52 with a 464 win percentage and seven games back. And the Marlins are 42 and 57 with a 424 win percentage and 11 back. In the National League Central Division, we have the Brewers on top of that division at 58 and 41 with a 586 win percentage. The Reds are 51 and 47 with a 520 win percentage and six and a half back. The Cardinals, just a game under 500 at 49 and 50 with a 495 win percentage and nine games back. The Cubs are just three games out under 500 at 485 and 10 games back win percentage, a 48 and 51 record. The Pirates are 38 and 60, a 388 win percentage and 19 and a half back. Out west, the uh, the Giants continue to lead the division at 61 and 37, a 622 win percentage. The Dodgers are exactly 600 with a 60 and 40 record, two games back. The Padres are 58 and 43, a 574 win percentage and four and a half back. The Rockies are 43 and 55 with 439 win percentage and 18 back. And the Diamondbacks are still just terrible at 31 and 69 with a 310 win percentage and 31 games behind the Giants. Dude, what's up with them Diamondbacks, man? A lot. That's why we don't talk about them no more. It's just, it's one thing after another. It's, yeah. All right, sir. So, Patrick Sandoval of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim was just two outs away from helping the league set the new modern-day no-hitter record when Brett Rooker looped a soft double just inside the foul line to end Sandoval's bid for the no-no. Patrick Sandoval would finish with eight and two-thirds innings pitch, giving up a run which gave the final score of two to one Angels. Sandoval had a career-high 13 strikeouts in his almost nine innings of work. Rooker had the lowest batting average of eight of .083 minimum of 20 at-bats of any hitter to break up a no-hitter in the ninth inning, dating back to the expansion era starting in 1961, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Sandoval came into the game with a career 3-13 record and a very high ERA. On the season, though, he is now 3-4, a respectable 3.52 ERA in 71.2 innings pitched in 14 games, 11 of which are starts. So, Cooper, we were so close! So very close to our eighth no-hitter of the season. So close, but no cigar, bro. No. I mean, that sucks, man. I mean, to pitch that many innings and get that close to a no-no? Mm-hmm. Dude. And 13 strikeouts? Yeah. He had a great game. 
He had his uh, he had his breaking ball going really well. I watched the highlights of him pitching this game, and he was making people look silly out there on the mound. And it oh, it's little... always fun to watch him make them look like little leaguers. Yeah, and uh, he he jammed uh, Rooker on that uh, slider. He fooled Rooker a little bit, but like I said that just looping little f- flopper just landed inside the foul line yeah. to and squirted it away to get the double. So. Unfortunately, that's that's baseball for you. Yeah. You never know till the end of the game, really. So. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, he doesn't get the uh, no-no, but he's... But still, very, very great game, dude. Yes, that's, very well-pitched awesome. game for him. Um, they got the victory still. He gets the win. And uh, he gets to have one of his best games of his career to talk about for years to come. All right, the Atlanta Braves steamrolled the Philadelphia Phillies yesterday to the tune of 15-3. to Powered by five home runs and a solid four innings by Drew Smiley, the Braves made easy work of the Phillies. The Braves have been in a bit of a roll of late as they now are back in the thick of the NL East race as they moved into a tie with the Phillies for second place and are just four games behind the Mets. All this despite losing Ronald Acuna Jr. earlier this month for the season. Cooper, here come the Braves. Bats are hot, dude. Mm-hmm. And what I really want to say, I would say what's up with pitching, but we just seen, you know, what happened with the Angels, man. Uh, it just, you never know what's going to happen, and it, it really sucks to, to, to be the on the, the losing end of that spectrum. But, mm-hmm. you know, when the bats are hot, the bats are hot, brother. Yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes you're on the right end of a good pitching game, and you know, sometimes Which you're on the other. Which end of the stick do you get? Right. Oh. <laughs> There's two ends of the stick. Which one are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you're on the bad end of that stick. <laughs> and Philly was definitely on the bad end. But this is good for Atlanta. You know, a lot of people were wondering what was going to happen with Atlanta when Acuna Jr. went down with injury, lost for the season. Um, some people thought maybe they'd sink, but staying afloat and getting right back into the thick of the NL East race is going to make things very interesting down the stretch. And um, now probably definitely makes Atlanta possible buyers at next weekend's um, trade deadline. Yeah, man. It'd be interesting to see what happens for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we're going to talk about your former favorite team. Boston Red Sox have slipped of late, which has resulted into the Tampa Bay Rays catching them in the division race as both are tied for first place. But the Sox have help on the horizon as veteran starting pitcher Chris Sale has begun rehab starts for AA affiliate Portland Sea Dogs. This past Tuesday, Sale pitched three and two-thirds innings, facing 12 batters, striking out six, and walking one. He was working in the mid-90s on his fastball. His first pitch clocked 96, and he would top out at 97 miles an hour. Sale hadn't pitched in the majors since August 13, 2019. The following March, he would undergo Tommy John surgery. He is expected to pitch another rehab start for the sea, for the season for the Sea Dogs this next Tuesday. Cooper, <laughs> the Calvary is on the horizon for the Red Sox. It looks, Sale. it looks to be that way, brother. Um, uh, I'm glad to see Chris Sale back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as far as being a Red Sox fan, I'm still. <laughs> still still jump ship dude I'm sorry yeah you're still done with that crap but uh um you know it really sucked because you know I was a a big Red Sox fan for mm-hmm. for quite some time and uh you know it's funny because when I when I was growing up I always used to think that B meant Bill because my dad 
my dad's a big Red Sox fan. Mm. His name's Bill. Right. And when I was a little kid, I didn't understand what the B meant. Right. So. So you just thought he was wearing a hat with his initial on it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine I can that, right? I can, I can see it. Well, you're not, you don't think of things outside of that. Yeah, so when you're a kid, you don't. You're you very don't, limited yeah. on your thoughts, you know. I mean, it's hard because, you know, I mean, I used to think the same thing kind of when um, when, I, when I would see the Brooklyn B for the Dodgers back in the day. You know, it was like, oh, you know, it was like the B. What's that stand for? Is that Boyd? Because, you know, my grandpa was Boyd. At yeah. one point, I was Boyd, so. And I thought maybe, hey, maybe that's what it stood for. But no, it was Brooklyn. It, it's really weird how when you're a little kid, your mind just, you just it go t- with It goes it. with the simple, simplest answer. Yeah, it, it, but, but at the same time, that's that's when you're the coolest. And that's when, mm-hmm. when you know, you see the world through a different light. And uh, yeah, man, I always think of B, I think of my dad, I think of Boston, I think of the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like the way they they have been lately, but I have still have mad respect for for those in the past. You know what right. I'm saying? So. so now the B stands for something in reference to female dogs, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> All wow, right, bro. I know, Just right? took that totally left field. Thank you. You're welcome. This is baseball talk, right? This is. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to talk about some Dodgers here. The Dodgers blew a huge opportunity this week to overtake the San Francisco Giants with a four-game homestand against their rival. The Dodgers could only win one game out of the four thanks to a Will Smith walk-off home run, and it's not that Will Smith. Sure it is. No, it's not, even though they do play the... Fresh pins. Fresh the... theme song for him when he's walking. <laughs> and the Giants would put, pull a little further ahead in the standings. Most of the team's woes of late has been Kenley Jansen, who blew three straight save opportunities before finally getting saved Saturday night in the Dodgers' one nothing win over the Rockies. The team has been helped in the division race, though, by the Pirates, who have won two straight thus far over the Giants. So the Giants haven't gotten too far from us, thanks to the Pirates. Yeah, man, sometimes that's how it goes. Um... You know, as far as Kenley Jensen, man, what's going on with him? I mean... I don't know, man. Blowing saves like he has been crazy, and it's driving me insane. Yeah, man. I'm like, come on, dude. Go ahead. Just go get another guy. Your closer needs to be a closer. That's what they're paid for. Yeah. And And he's... uh, Yeah. He's been kind of on the... He's slipping, bro. He's slipping. Yeah, he's been slipping the past few years, unfortunately. And it's been kind of... It was hard to watch the World Series every time he came in because he's like, Oh my God, what are you going to do now? You haven't been doing so great lately, so yeah. Yeah, man. All right, so here comes the hot topic of baseball that we get to talk about. Are you ready? Let's do it, brother. The Cleveland Indians made an announcement in regards to their nickname and logo this past week. The decision stemmed from the ball club's announcement that it would look into making the change from the Indians back in December of 2020. After months of interviews, brainstorming sessions, and surveys with fans, they they comprised a list of 1,198 team name options. Then they would whittle these down through 14 rounds of vetting. And on Friday, July 23rd, 2021, we were told that the Cleveland Indians, starting in 2022, would now be known as the Cleveland Guardians, a name selected for the Art Deco statues on the Hope Memorial Bridge that are, in, that are in regards to the Guardians of Traffic for the city of Cleveland. In a video narrated by Tom Hanks, the team made the formal announcement with their new logo, with their new logo that looks a bit boorish. It um 
looks like it was probably done by a high schooler in graphic design class. But I digress. Wow, bro. Well, uh, that's what it kind not of not very like. nice, but yeah, the logo. Um, yeah. I actually like the name. I like that they're they're trying to stick within that um, region region of of uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, you know the Guardians is pretty close to the Indians type thing. Yeah, and, uh, just don't talk about it, it with Sarah Spain. It represents <laughs> something of their of their city. Yeah, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know you are kind of right. It is kind of, kind of dull. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe their uh, their new uh, logo will look better throughout as, the years. Yeah, and, as time uh, moves on, they'll come up with something a little bit. So we'll more, see more high techy looking. And, and this this leaves the question open too. Um, are the Braves on, on, on that hot seat, that seat to, to change their name? Yeah. We got um, a lot what, of, what is really weird about this is because of the fact that both of these teams have had these names for a very long time. It's like watching the Redskins change their name. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, or, or, you know, the Chiefs going to change their name eventually. Um, you know, it, it really makes you wonder. And then not only that, but think about this. The angels, that could be taken as offense to people that don't believe in angels. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the pirates? I mean, at one time, pirate was a derogatory word. Mm-hmm. So it's a scallywag. I mean, uh, it really makes you wonder if how many teams eventually are going to have to change their name due to. People being offended or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really sad considering, you know, watching these teams and watching the fan base and watching, you know, it's like there's so many probably Cleveland Indian fans that are like, oh my gosh, please no. All right. So. What I will give Cleveland credit for is they didn't rush to make the change. Yeah. Whereas the Washington football team, is the reason why we're calling them that, is because they felt pressured and rushed to change it. I understand. You want it to be gone. It's considered racial. I understand that. But you force the team to make a really dumb maneuver in calling themselves a Washington football team out of pure insult to the organization in the league, to me, honestly... Instead of allowing them to continue the moniker, but progress towards the change and then making the change at a proper time, whereas now we're stuck with this Washington football team at For least another year. season or so. We have one more season with the Washington football team. Thank the Lord, or whatever you want to be thankful for, that it will be changed for 2022. Yeah. Because I don't think I could do this anymore after this year. It just really makes you wonder how many teams are going to have to change their name because of this. Well, and then think about new... it. We're, we're talking about not just a professional level. We're talking collegiately. Yeah. We're talking high school. We're talking Pop Warner Little League stuff. Yeah, man. Everybody. Yeah. It's, 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 oh, man. I like, 
It's it's gonna be. I don't like this sissy. You know, I'm offended by everything type agenda anymore. Mm-hmm. It really, and and this is coming from somebody in a damn wheelchair. Okay, I'm in a wheelchair. I get judged every day. Every time I go out my house, wow. people look at me and they're like, "Oh, he's special." Or, oh, let me talk to the person next to him because he can't speak for himself. Right. You know what I mean? Imagine how that feels. But, like, you know, I don't get offended if if I see a handicap sticker. Mm-hmm. You know what I get offended by is old people using them. When it, before their time of needing them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when you obviously see them when they're just like, oh, that's because I'm old. You're not that old. You can make it if you had to walk an extra five I mean, feet. My fiance's mother is seventy something years old, and that lady loves to walk. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are people out there in this world that will not make excuses for their age. Okay, mm-hmm. they'll get out there and they'll do it. Right. And the people that make excuses to to get a, a free ride on something, that stuff gets on my nerves. Exactly. So. All right, so Anyways, we, we, could, we could go on an even longer tangent, sorry, but we got to we got to move from the diamond I, to the hardwood. I did not mean to go on this tangent. It's I, okay. I apologize, guys. It's just for me, it's like it's it's like any like racial, you know, all that. I feel like you know, hey, over here, I'm I'm disabled. I'm a I'm a I'm a white dude. I guess I'm privileged, maybe. I don't really feel like it. So but, basically you know. what he's saying, he's he's offended that you're so easily offended. Yes, I'm offended that you're offended, okay? <laughs> there you go. There we go. All right, we're moving from the diamond to the hardwood Let's here. do it. So the rumor mill has been running rampant as the NBA gears towards the draft this Thursday. Rumors are bound that um, Damian Lillard will eventually request a trade from Portland. Bradley Beal may also request a trade soon from the Wizards. Plus, plenty of speculation on how the Lakers can improve this offseason. And possibly have it be an addition by subtraction. Also, the Milwaukee Bucks will have to figure out whether it can run it back or not this offseason to defend their title. So we're going to start off first with the Damian uh, with the Damian Lillard rumors. Lillard is currently in Tokyo with Team USA and focused on winning gold. He was questioned about his possible departure from the Blazers. He, of course, declined to speak on the matter, but did say that the organization needs to improve this offseason. There are some in NBA circles that feel Lillard may give new head coach Chauncey Billups a chance this year and if things do not improve for the team then request a trade next season or offseason. Cooper, your thoughts on Damian Lillard's situation? If they don't change something up real quick, he's going to be gone this season. Yeah, this offseason. I don't yeah. care what they say. Now, if he's if he's declining to even comment on the situation, mm-hmm. that means he's already in thinking about it thinking about it and but he's not trying to take away from Team USA trying to go for gold yeah even so. though they did lose to France today I would love Lillard to go to the Lakers oh god I would love that too that would be amazing it's just not put, gonna happen just, but just putting it out there come on universe give me something here right grasping grasping <laughs> you gave me something I wasn't expecting but now I want something now please give it to me yes wasn't really expecting LeBron James but you gave it to me was a little weird. Wasn't expecting Anthony Anthony Davis, but we got that too. So can we get something that we truly do want? Lillard. Actually, I, who I really want is who we're going to talk about next. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Bradley Beal here. On the other hand, he has been loyal to the Wizards to the fault. 
The organization has not done much to help deal with uh, with talent around him. Some thought, though, that the acquisition of Russell Westbrook may sway Beal into seeing how they can work out together. The team did make it into the playoffs, but were quickly eliminated this past season. Reports are that Beal will seek a trade this coming week. That's who I wanted before we got Anthony Davis. I was wanting that because I knew it would take less to get Beal than Anthony Davis. I knew Anthony Davis is injury prone. We got technically lucky by the pandemic because he wasn't hurt when we had to stop the season. He wasn't hurt because he got four months off before the playoff bubble and we won the championship. This year, however, because of the condensed schedule and also the fact that he really didn't try to come back into the season in shape and try to play his way into shape, a la Shaq back in the 90s and 2000s as a Laker, he got hurt. And then he got hurt again in the playoffs. So, dang it, man, I want Bradley Beal. But, anyways, Cooper, your thoughts on Bradley Beal? Yeah, man, uh, that's the thing. If you're not going to build a team around somebody, I, I don't care if you... If you get one extra guy, Russell Westbrook, cool. But you know what? At the same time, we all know Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. He's a ball hawk. Yes. Okay? He really is. He's a ball hawk. And to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, you know, let's let's build the team around this guy and this guy. Mm -hmm. There's five men on the team. Yep. Plus, you got people coming off the bench. Right. If you're not if you're not gonna build a team around people that that you know actually are top of the line coin, coincide with each other and and complement each other, mm-hmm. then there's no reason for that person to stay. Right. So if he wants out, let him out. Yes, and it's it's actually gonna be a really weird change of course because like we said, Bradley Beal has been loyal to a fault to the way. You know what I've noticed here lately. It is you are right. People have been very loyal to a fault to the to their organizations, mm-hmm. but at the same time, people are getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to build a team around me, then or we're not going to do something, or I don't see a championship coming out of this, mm-hmm. then I'm going somewhere where where there's a better chance. For that. Yeah, or at least going to an organization who may not be there yet, but at least. May have the possibility of trying to build around me. I mean, hell, we've seen it in football with Tom Brady. I know you don't like talking about Tom Brady, <laughs> but the man seen where the Patriots were going. Mm-hmm. He didn't like it. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So he found his way out. Yeah. And the very next season, what do you do? Win the Super Bowl. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, dude. That yeah. we're, we're seeing this everywhere now. Yeah. And, and and nobody is is safe or exempt, okay. Mm-hmm. So if you draft a guy and you don't build the team around him and around his skill set and you don't complement that with with other key players, they're gonna go find somewhere where they are are wanted and needed. And mm-hmm. you know that's just the name of the game anymore. Yeah. That's the Lakers got him. Oh boy. Oh yes. Yeah, I'll be in trouble if we got Bradley Beal. Tell you what, right now. All right, next up. The Los Angeles Lakers season ended abruptly due to injury. LeBron James and Anthony Davis missed too much time, which sunk the Lakers into the playing game just to make it into the playoffs. Then in the playoffs, Anthony Davis would get hurt again, and no one stepped up to help LeBron James, and the team would eventually lose to the Western Conference champs, the Phoenix Suns. 
Reports came out this past week that Kyle Kuzma and Dennis Schroeder were at odds at most of the season. Both struggled mightily in the series against the Suns. Many do not expect either to be back. The Lakers will try to make a run at both Lillard and Beal should either become available, but the Lakers lack, lack assets, and now with the report on Kuzma and Schroeder, they both cannot be traded to the same team, thus leaving the Lakers needing to possibly add an additional team to take on either Kuzma or Schroeder to get a deal done for Willard or Beal. So, this is interesting. Oh, this is, this is not good, bro. That this report came out this last week. Kuzma and Schroeder weren't getting along all year. That kind of explains some shit, for one. And two... Whoever just leaked that just made sure they nuked the Lakers' trade availability for Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. Yikes. It's not good, dude. Because the only way you could do it is you were going to need the $40 million, or the remaining amount of money now on the contract of Kyle Kuzma to make a trade work by packaging a sign-and-trade with Schroeder and having Kuzma. I don't even get it, like... I just don't know what the hell just happened. I don't know what's going on here. Like someone just hit the nuke button on us. <laughs> we just got nuked. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of blindsided by this myself. Yeah. So I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, you know, Schroeder and Kuzma, you guys, you're good players, but you're not good enough to whine and complain about each other. No, you definitely. You're really not. not. So. And what really sucks is when a team goes all out to try and get this player mm-hmm. and they can't try and see it within themselves to try and get along with people on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand. I just said if you're not going to build around a certain person or key people, then they're going to go find elsewhere. But at the same time, this is a business and you're getting paid to play yep. a basketball game. Yep. Okay? So... You represent not only a team, you represent an organization. Yep. Of a whole. Yep. And if you guys can't get along, get over it. Mm-hmm. Get over it. You're both playing ba- basketball. And and if you really, really want to duke it out, duke it out in practice. Yep. Duke it out on the court, man. Uh, who's a, whoever's the better player will will succeed. That's right. There you go. That's yes, right. All right, next up and finally, the Milwaukee Bucks rushed off their championship that saw them dominate the Phoenix Suns in four straight games after being down 2-0 in the series, have a couple of off-season items on their hands. Bobby Portis and uh, P.J. Tucker have played great defense on the way to helping the Bucks win this championship. Bobby Portis does have a player option, so there's a chance that he could stay, but just as good chance he will opt out to see what he's worth on the market. P.J. Tucker is an unrestricted free agent and could be coveted, but he is 36, so his market may be small. If it comes down to keeping one, I see the Bucks keeping Portis over Tucker as he is younger and more versatile than Tucker at this point in their careers. So, Cooper, your thoughts on what the Milwaukee Bucks need to do to, to run back, or at least try to run it back, or keep their title hopes alive for defense? I think I agree with you on this one. Uh, if they're not, if they're not going to keep Anybody, they won't keep Tucker. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's, he's older. And that's the name of the game. You start getting up in age, your knees are bad. Mm-hmm. And you're more injury prone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're well conditioned or whatever. 
I mean, we we've seen this with other people. We're seeing it right now with LeBron James. His so, body's starting to wear down on him. It, it just comes to the point where it's like it's time to, to hang it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he can get one more season out of him, maybe they can get a good good trade deal for him or something. You know, but I, I highly doubt it. So you're, you're right. They should stick with Portis. Yeah, if they're not going to be able to keep both, Portis is going to be definitely the better answer between the two because you're going to get more years out of Portis rather than Tucker. You might... Short term, probably Tucker because of his veteran leadership capabilities, but then you're taking the risk on his in- possible injury. That could be sitting out there waiting to happen, whereas Portis, yes, he can still have an injury just because he's younger doesn't mean he can't be injured. But the point is, is he long term and short term is there for you, whereas it's only basically you're getting maybe another year out of Tucker. So I think the Bucks would be smart and wise to stick with Portis if they can't keep both. I think their all ultimate goal will be to bring both back, maybe have Portis opt in to his deal and then work maybe on an extension while we're also working on bringing Tucker back on. Hopefully, probably would be smart. Uh, I would say if they want to, you could probably do a one-in-one deal, one year, and then a, a team option for the next year. See how he plays out this year, and then maybe give him the honor of having him back one more year after that if he plays well and stays healthy. That yeah. might be the way to go for them. But like I said, I believe Portis is more than likely going to see what his market value is, so that way he has to know where he knows where he stands um, when he comes to negotiating with the Bucks. Then there's that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't blame the man for trying to see what he was. So. Yeah, sir. We will definitely see what happens with this. And I think a lot of people, they don't understand. Like, with sports, mm-hmm. you have a lifespan of, of how long you can actually go before you start breaking down. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't understand, too, is these, these players that are in the NBA or NFL or MLB or anywhere... They've been playing since they were kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it takes a toll on your body. Yes, so, and especially when you get up in your 30s, it's yeah. it, uh, your, li- your life expectancy for sports is very, very low. Yeah, and then not only that, on top of that, you're you're more known as a defensive prowess and then, then you are an offensive prowess, which means you're putting out even more effort on one end of the court than you are the other. Especially with it being defense, it's a more physical tool because you're banging, you're banging bodies. You're having to try to run down somebody who's trying to run away from you, and it just it starts taking a toll on you quicker. Um, so it's definitely, like I said, probably it's going to be Portis if um, it goes that route. I mean, obviously, if Portis prices himself out of what you're comfortable paying then it will probably end up being Tucker. That's the only way I see Tucker being the one that stays. Yeah. If Portis can get it's priced out based off the market um, if he opts out. So, But I think the Bucks will probably make the better decision and try to get after Portis. and Almost have to pay him whatever he kind of wants. <laughs> All right, man. So that wraps it up for this episode. We will be back, of course, Tuesday with NASCAR Football Talk. We, of course, will be talking about the race. And then, of course, we have football talk, which is we will be discussing how the divisions break down. I'm looking forward to this. And don't forget, here soon uh, we'll be starting to talk about training camp, things Mm -hmm. like that going on. 
We are gearing up for football season, and we are excited, baby. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. We're uh, just over a week away. Uh, we're about, what, a week and I think about five days? No, four days? Yeah, it's about 11 days away from the first game, the Hall of Fame game. Your Steelers taking on the Cowboys. Take out them Cowboys, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. We probably won't see many of the starters because the Hall of Fame game is usually that game where a lot of the uh, fringe guys get a lot of playing time. So, Oh, yeah. It's going to be uh, nice to see some football, though, back on our television sets. Very much so, bro. And I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. And, of course, we'll try to get back on track again with Worldwide Sports Talk as the Olympics have been underway. Um, got a lot. we got a lot to talk about there if we can get caught up. we still got to actually... Catch you up on the uh, Open Championship, too. What happened with that, I think? Or did we talk about that? I don't think we talked about that. We talked about the first two rounds, but we didn't talk yeah, about the finish. Because the finish, the finish that's supposed to be this last week. That's what we did. So we got to still talk about the Open Championship. We got the Olympics. We got, we got stuff we can talk about. And then, of course, we'll be back with Wrestling Talk on next Saturday, where we discuss... Raw, AEW, and SmackDown, and we're hoping we're going to get true confirmation of what's been going on with AEW signings. Oh my God, if it's oh, true. Oh, there's so many good signings going on right if now. If it's that. true, and we're going to be like, oh my God, so good. Right. <laughs> and then, of course, we'll be back once again with Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man on Sunday when we talk baseball, basketball. We'll have another amazing week of baseball to talk about. And, of course, we'll be talking... The draft. I love it. Oh, yeah. And we'll also be probably talking trades and everything else because it gets crazy towards the closer we get to draft night. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite times of the year. We get off-season, uh, post, yeah, off-season basketball talk because it gets a little crazy around this time of year. And I love it. And it makes me happy. And we got baseball still going. And football's gearing up. The beast is awakened. <laughs> I love it. You're crazy. Yes. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's what we got to talk about, guys. So that's right. We love y'all. And we, Andrew, also a little side note, on Tuesday Football Talk, we might be talking about an official announcement coming from Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, yes. I can't wait to, wait to talk about that. That's, yes. That's going to change the landscape. Yes, we've already talked about it, but we might have an official announcement tomorrow based off the rumors that everybody's been hearing. So... We look forward to talking to you on Tuesday. That does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking sports. sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sportstalk. W- this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. UIT Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.